0: Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2, episode 31 This is a minute-by-minute podcast covering Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf and Howling New Moon Rising, which is 7 I'm Dan, I'm your host How are you? I hope you're all well and I hope you're enjoying this uh, 2021 holiday season it's Certainly, uh, I don't know if it's more mirthful than last year's but it's um, certainly I can't think of anything it's, it's about the same as it was last year So I hope you're enjoying it And um Yeah, we're we're in uh, 31 here, and uh, Howling. Where are we? Howling two uh, ended with two kind of German or or Swiss or or something or other like hikers, um, and our truck full of werewolves is about to slow down and pick them up, and maybe bad things are going to happen. Listen to this. Get in in the back. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bring him ah. back here. She made the call. Going up the teeth. Right here. Oh. favorite part of this apart from maybe the line of ladies at the very end of it who are who are actually uh, f- far away from the camera at this moment i'm sure we'll get close to them my favorite moment is the um the uh when they pull the the two hikers on and the one hiker is kind of a um kind of a chunky swiss fellow and uh, they kind of pull him and it's very undignified and <laughs> it's like oh this is the last moment of my life getting my my large flesh pulled pulled onto the back of this like army truck van thing and then get attacked by these wolves one of them, the guy driving calls him schnitzel and then as they're driving away you hear like do you, right before there's a big wipe and we cut to the castle um where the werewolves are um you you get you hear someone laugh and it's like don't do that come on Donkashen, Donkashen, eat them up yum like Donkashen, go in the back I, they can't, uh, the guy who's, who spoke to them in their own language can't, um, can't say go in the back. The other guy who speaks English has to say go in the back. Or maybe they did it for us. Maybe in the original cut he says it, you know, in debakken. Uh, and, um, and, uh, the test audience was like, where does he tell him to go? You could see that test audience is doing that. Uh, but yeah, so these guys get eaten. They have a little, little lunch on the way up to the castle. What I'm gonna do is the rest of this, um, a minute, I just want to, uh, Sort of uh, go through shot, kind of shot by shot, uh, uh, as we because we see the castle and we, we can't really see it that I mean, it looks like a real castle. About it was t- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's got eight lights lit at the front of it, and they're all it's sort of randomly around the house. So when we cut inside the house and we see what they're doing in a very large room. Presumably, it's at the back of the house, or maybe even lower down. Maybe if that's if that's on a hill, maybe there's some part of the building that. Pardon me, did you hear me, Belch? I just I just had two chunky German uh, Swiss hikers, and whew! They'll sit funny in your tummy. The maybe maybe the house kind of goes down the hill a little bit, which is where their big um, hoo ha is taking place. When you look at the, I think it's a house. I mean, when I first saw it, it looked just like a charming sort of matte painting or model with little lights on it. But the more I look at it, the more I'm convinced. I bet we'll see it later in the daylight. But looking at it now, it, first off, it looks like a matte painting or a model. But maybe the lights are added in. But I think it's a really lovely, huge, castle-y type building or or big house mansion on top of a hill. It's gorgeous. Um, and uh, so I'm just going to take it. So so that's we get kind of a diagonal wipe across the screen with the guys getting eaten and the ha-ha-ha. And, of course, there's no gore, and it's all... Like the other violence scene in this film. It's all slightly... I don't saying inapt say inept. W- I certainly would say apt. But um, it's all slightly a, l- a little... It feels a little off. Like they um, could have used another take or two. So I'm just going to do a quick uh, shot by shot for the remaining 27 seconds of the minute. So so we get the outside of the castle. And you hear drums pounding and such. Then you get... Um, then you get outside of the castle building or whatever it is and there's like like a guard standing and then it cuts inside and you see a very old lady um, uh, just kind of staring at something with her hands in like prayer and sort of like a fur, wearing a fur in the background you see um, uh, I, I think a couple of ladies, I think with, um, it's a bit out of focus and a bit in the distance with blindfolds on and with like leathery outfits and things, a little fetishy. And then it cuts from the old lady to um, big fire burning and um, possibly a dog or something of some kind. A guy with a big fun helmet on. And you still hear the drums pound away. Then it cuts to um, our lady werewolf who we've been following around who just ate, helped eat the two German guys. And she's in the foreground on the left chanting. And uh, the old woman, you can see her sort of down on the ground in um, over more on the right, out of focus, and behind her, you can see a half naked woman with a torn shirt and I think some boobs hanging out, and looks like black underpants chained up with a blind uh, with a um, gag. And then it cuts from that to someone pounding on a drum, and we um, slowly track along a line of women dressed in black, and as the minute ends they all drop their black robes and um, they're about, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 ladies and they're all in very... um fetishy sort of um, black bras and underpants and boobs exposed. And this is getting pretty R-rated, but the movie's pretty R-rated. And it looks like fishnets and things. I actually um, I'm, i am into whatever it is that they are into here. And I like the ladies. There's a tall one. There's a shorter one. There's a one that's a little plump, one that's really thin. one that You know, we get all kinds. You get all kinds. And that that's the end of the minute. So they're all standing there, and the fire is burning, and the guy's pounding on the drum, and the ladies... Um, like I said, it's it's in earlier. I think we'll probably get some close ups here. Now, not that I'm I'm going. Man, I want some close ups so we can see a little bit better what's going on. I see on the the back. I mean, this is a huge, huge room, therein with huge windows and huge like, murals written on the wall. It almost reminds me of the um. Although although this I think is a little bigger. It almost reminds me of the rooms in the um, in burial ground. You know that house they're in in burial ground that they also use and is it patrick still lives i forget but but you know that the house which just those rooms are enormous and like the bedrooms are just absolutely huge and they have the murals all over them and up up around the edges near the and it's just huge and that's that's sort of what this is like here except they've got like fires burning and a lot more, uh, naked people. And I I like how they have the naked women here in like the leather or whatever, who are, look like they're about to have a good time, but then there are at least two or three women who are tied up and restrained elsewhere in the room. So eh, we'll see what happens. It's a good time. So this is, this is probably more, you know, if, if Larry Talbot had, had wandered into something like this, say in, um, you know, if there had been a werewolf movie in between The Wolfman and Frankenstein meets The Wolfman that had like a werewolf cult or whatever this is, I'm sure Larry would have been very confused. Probably willing to have a good time with him, but very confused. So that is that is Howling 2 uh, minute 30. And, 1, 31, and uh, let's hop to Howling 7, if I remember correctly. How's Howling 7? Oh yes! Um, Ted was on the phone with someone. Uh, he hangs up. He leaves the card at the phone booth, S- uh, someone finds the card, and it looks to be, from what we can see in a bit of reflection, it looks to be that, that woman with the gray hair mullet who doesn't like Ted, and then it cuts to a woman setting a phone down at like a kitchen table, like a cordless phone at a, at a kitchen table, and we don't see who the woman is yet, but presumably she was the one on the phone with Ted. Listen to this. Exercise is good. Help me think. The oxygen refreshes my brain. I wouldn't have taken you for someone interested in physical fitness, Inspector. Oh, I watch a lot of football. I once had a friend that died of jogging. You know, I just went out and the first time he just fell over and died. Well, it's terrible. How old was he? 94. You're making fun of me, Inspector. No. Ted said he was asleep, but I'm positive it was him outside that man's room. why would he lie? he had something to hide. That's what worries me, especially since I'm sure it was that man, Brett Davis's briefcase, under Ted's bed. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Can you give me some help at the bar for a minute? Sure. Okay. So we do see a woman who sets down the phone. She's a blonde woman sitting in, it uh, looks like a nice suburban kitchen. And I will say this. Uh, the viewer of Howling 7 might see her and think okay who is she you might confuse her briefly for the woman uh who we see briefly from uh part six uh whose photo was on the floor but it is actually the lead lady from howling four or howling the original nightmare and i uh, i shouldn't go we we don't have confirmation that she's the same she's the same person from howling the original nightmare yet but, um, I forget how that one ended. I think, well, Howling the Original Nightmare is meant to be the, um, I believe it was Australian that's meant to be the more, um, faithful version of the Howling. You know, it doesn't take the liberties that John Sayles and Joe Dante did. Instead, um, whoever it was who directed Howling for, and I think Clive Turner may have co-written it. Um, uh, I'll get back to you on that one. I'll get back to you, <coughs> I'll get back to you with more, uh original nightmare info when we see her again and, and we confirm that she is the lady from original nightmare but it's it, it's basically something in, in the original howling something terrible happens to this woman so her and her husband leave the city and go to this country country um uh not 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 a deserty place like uh ted goes to in howling seven um uh but um uh you know the countryside lots of nice woods c- community close community kind of thing and you know it turns out they turns out they're all werewolves and howling brings sort of the Joe Dante and John Sayles sharp satire and fun to it along with the those fantastic effects howling the original nightmare not so much and possibly shows why it was a good idea that John Sayles made the changes he made but we'll discuss we'll discuss howling uh, original nightmare more when we get to i believe we well we'll be seeing more of her um so but just just keep in mind I believe that is the woman from howling the original nightmare. Um yeah. So and then the rest of the minute, yeah oh yeah we see the priest and the policeman walking for a bit and some some comedy stuff there the priest not much of a sense of humor but then I guess if he's if he's always looking into demons and ghosts and things like, well maybe he needs to laugh more. I don't know you would think he'd laugh more. I don't know. I think he doesn't have to be so dour all the time, and I, I uh, you know, and the cops out there, and he's just—I watch football a lot. You can see he's having fun, and it, it is the, um, that that Clive Turner shtick we're all used to now, where the, um, you you could see right away that they're doing some kind of joke, some kind of some kind of wacky, um, and they're not quite getting it right. Uh, and I imagine there were more groans than anything, or or even if people knew that was a joke, uh, but. That's a brief uh, little sequence there, and we'll get back to them. He's still telling the story. The priest is still telling the story to the policeman about what's going on, and we're a third of the way into the film. That seems seems like it could be speeded up. I don't know, but we'll we'll get back to them, and we'll get back to howling the original nightmare uh, later. And let's just uh, let's just wrap this up here with the rest of it. Uh, the rest of it is all just one shot in the kitchen at 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 in uh, Harriet and, and Pappy's. And it's Bonnie, and, and I didn't know her name was Bonnie. Uh, Bonnie is the lady, the older lady with the sort of the gray mullet. Uh, Bonnie and Cheryl talking about Ted. And um, then a woman who I don't recognize comes in and takes uh, Bonnie away. And then as Cheryl's looking at something, I think, is it the card? As Cheryl's looking at something, all of a sudden you see Ted in the background kind of peering at her. And that's the end of the minute. Hmm, what's going on with Ted? It's very suspicious. I, th- I thought Bonnie was more suspicious of Ted. Um, uh, but, but she does seem a, a a bit like, well, how do you know it was him? And Cheryl, you know, she, she, I guess she knows. She saw him. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out or maybe we won't. Maybe everyone will forget. Sometimes that happens. But, yeah, that's about it, really. They're really trying to push the um, uh, Ted is uh, up to some. I mean, if you think about it, uh, if you think about it, Ted's the Star Part 7, they found a picture of that woman from Part Six in his room, or in the room of the other guy. I think, or was it Ted's room? It doesn't matter. That guy's related to Ted in some fashion, not physic you know, not not genealogically related to Ted, related to Ted, and whatever the heck is going on. But you know, so, so the uh, you know Ted shows up and he's a star of Part Seven. Ted was also the one who uh, Ted was also the one who. Uh, I don't think we see him die in Part 5. So so this is the same character from Part 5 who may or may not have escaped, and we learn now that, yes, indeed, he did escape. And somewhere in his vicinity, or in the vicinity of that guy who came after him, is a picture of the woman from 6, and Ted seems to have been on the phone with a picture of the woman from Part 4. It all sounds very confusing. Trust me, it'll get worse as the movie goes along, but that's why I love the movie so very, very much. And the whole thing ends with a kind of a very dour um, close harmony singing of um, keep, I think it's keep the wolves from the door, that's the only thing a man like me is good for, I think is the next line but that would be in the minute and that's a sort of like uh, I, I like I the sentiment of that, you know, sort of in the country western hard drinking, you know hard loving kind of um, uh, uh, world That that sort of country western world but also like, I don't think I could hear the That that sort of close harmony keep the wolves away from the door. I think I I'd take a leap off a very tall bridge if I had to hear that for more than five ten minutes a day. I just that's very um it's very depressing music to me. I don't know why. I think my dad, who died when I was young, uh, may have listened to a lot of music like that, or someone when I was young listened to a lot of music like that, and they either died or. We're not pleasant per people, and somehow that's in my mind as being music that makes me wanna just, just, phew, you know, just, just uh, eat. Time to eat a bag of razors. Time to do it. But that's not gonna happen today because we got uh, we got a lot of minutes left to get through on this one. So thank you, everyone. I ended kind of sad, but that's okay. We'll find out next time maybe what's going on. We'll hear more of that song. Maybe find out what the Howling Four lady has to do with any of this. And I think th- I really think what it is is. Um, since Clive Turner was involved in How- Howling Four, he he sort of is now trying with the one he's completely in charge of to bring Howling Four, which he I think he appeared in briefly. I think he co-wrote, maybe even produced in some fashion. And he was in Five, and he's trying to get Four and Five to tie in with his movie. But he's also trying to bring Six and Two. Um, I haven't seen Six in so long; I can't I can't I can't remember fully. why well, I, I mean, it it could just be a case of, you know. 1 and 2 stand alone, and because they rebooted, you know, as it were, 1 with 4, They 1 and 2 don't count anymore. 3 was always stand alone. So now Clive is taking the 2 he was involved with, 4 and 5, mixing them into 7, the one he's in charge of, and bringing in 6 also, which is kind of in there, and he feels like maybe he can tie them all together. It's a hell of a... I mean, it's, it's some people don't talk about. I mean, just, just the crazy fact that Howling 7 really tries to tie together the three movies before it, which are so disparate, 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 dispero, disp- you know what I mean, which are so that, and um, it's something we don't talk about enough, but anyway, that's enough of me uh, going on and on, uh, stay tuned for another episode of uh, Howling 2 and 7-2 when I post it, probably in a week or so from now, but uh, be good yourselves everyone, enjoy the holiday season, I will talk to you soon.